So get that junk out of here. Let's pray. Lord, we are simply sinners in need of grace. People doing the best we can in a world that is so obviously broken and desperately needs your redemptive power to work in our lives. So we beg you to bless our efforts to accomplish your mission, to bless our efforts to come alongside your redemptive work in the lives of people so that we could be people who minister for the sake of the gospel, not just to those who don't yet know you, but to one another so that we continue to become the people that you've called us to be. Lord, may we faithfully manifest your presence in keeping with the lives of those who have sacrificed so many things for us to be able to sit in these pews today. Like the prophets and the patriarchs of old, we we humbly beg for your blessing because, Lord, we acknowledge that we are nothing without your goodness. And so we stand on the rock of Jesus Christ, knowing that his death on the cross for us is our only hope. We ask for this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Let's jump into Romans. Romans 8, 26 and 7. Today is the first of four weeks of a little series, a brief series about prayer. A brief series about the role of prayer in our lives and, and how we pray and, and what to pray about and, and, and the, those kinds of issues. It, it raises lots of questions in our minds. Uh, we're going to have a video about this book later on. Uh, there's an eight-week series during Sunday school hour that's going to start in a couple weeks that is based on this book. And uh, we'll have sign-ups for you um, on the resource tables at the end of this service um, if an usher or two could take care of that. <laughs> um, this is a really good little devotional book, a 40-day prayer devotional book, and we're basing some of our assumptions in this series on this book. Uh, so I'd like to encourage you to try that. We'll order those books next Sunday. Uh, prayer is something that brings to mind lots of different kinds of questions and, and feelings and concerns. Uh, for me, I, I'm not like Joe Stud prayer guy who gets up at 3.30 and prays for two hours and goes through every single name on a list. I mean, I wish I were that guy. I, I tried to be that guy for years. That was, my, that was my spiritual health goal, to be that guy. And so I come to a topic like prayer as sort of a makeshift prayer. Maybe you're like me, and, and when it comes to things like this, you sort of feel a little, a little helpless you remember the last time when you were in a situation where you felt just utterly helpless? When was the last time you felt like one of my gym teachers used to say, you felt like a lost ball in, in, in high weeds? 
feeling like a lost ball in high weeds, expresses how I feel when it comes to, to fixing cars. I can do some easy things, but they're not much past inserting a gas hose into uh, the car. Really, my, my idea of fixing cars is handing somebody a huge wad of cash moments after the shock and anger <laughs> of receiving that bill. Last bill we received for our van, I thought, we didn't even pay that much for the van. <laughs> so when it comes to prayer and things like that, I think a lot of us feel a little lost, like we're staring at the busy complexity of an engine block that we're supposed to figure out. You know, when it comes to prayer, we're right where Paul suggests we are here when he says, we do not know what we ought to pray for. That expresses part of what it means to be human and to, and to live in a fallen world. How can we possibly know everything that the God of the universe knows to pray for? But, but the good news is that the help we need with prayer is available. He says we do not know what we ought to pray for, but he also says the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Let's remind ourselves of this passage here and read 26 and 7 in Romans 8 there real quick. It says this, Likewise, this is Paul speaking, telling us about how the Holy Spirit helps us in prayer. He says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The big idea today, and this is, this is on your sermon notes here, the big idea for this passage is that the Holy Spirit's empowering presence in our lives, it teaches us that we are empowered to live with God. It teaches us how to pray by planting within us the groanings of God. The groanings of God, which when we pray them, are brought back to the Father by Jesus Christ. That's the process of prayer. We'll talk about that a little more in a second. There are a few things involved in that big idea, and we'll unpack those along the way here. Uh, we're going to ask two questions today. First, how does prayer work in basic terms? First, the Father initiates prayer. The Father initiates prayer. When we pray, we pray to the Father, through the Son, and by the Holy Spirit. Of course, we can actually pray to any of the persons of the Trinity. We learn about that in Matthew 6 and John 14. Uh, we can pray to any of the persons of the Spirit. But Paul says that the help that the Holy Spirit gives us is in accordance with, the God, with God's will. The help that he gives us is in accordance with the will of God. It says so at the end of verse 28. The Spirit intercedes for us according to the will of God. So, so, the, so the will of God is where prayer starts. It, it starts with the initiation of God and his purposes. His purposes are the starting place for our prayer lives. Secondly, the Holy Spirit intercedes, and that intercession is within us. That's that next blank there. The Holy Spirit's intercession is within us. This Greek word uh, for intercession here, it literally means to meet with, to converse. 
to meet with someone for the purpose of having a conversation. It originally was used to describe a person who met with another person to urge or to prompt that person to a particular course of action. Paul's reference to the Holy Spirit interceding for us here in Romans in in the 26th verse here, it means that the Holy Spirit meets with us, intercedes with us, converses with us to help us know what God wants to pray. The Spirit's normal location of operation is within believers because that Spirit lives in us. There's another word in this passage here in uh, verse 26 that helps us get that point here. Uh, in the original language there, that word for groanings uh, or yearnings in some, some versions, uh, it means a yearning, it means a desire. That, that kind of meaning can help us see that the Spirit's help is in transmitting to our hearts the yearnings of the Father. The Spirit helps to have our hearts reshaped after God's own heart. So are we praying things that God would have us pray for? Or are the purposes in our prayer lives something else? Where where do those thoughts and those initiations about what I should be praying for, where are those coming from in our lives? Are they starting with the heart of God? Are they based on what we read in Scripture for God's burden for the world and for reclaiming people for himself and reshaping people and growing people? Jesus, also we learn from this passage, he speaks to the Father on our behalf. That's the next blank there in your your sermon notes. Jesus speaks to the Father on our behalf. The Father initiates prayer. The Holy Spirit transmits the yearnings of the Father to our hearts. And it is Christ who first hears them and discerns what the Spirit has planted within us. And he takes, in a sense, he takes those prayers to the Father's throne. Revelation 2 says that Jesus is the one. Jesus is the one who searches hearts and minds. So as Paul indicates here, when we pray, it is to Jesus, it is through Jesus as the heart searcher, who hears them and transmits them to the Father. So we put these ideas together, and we get the next uh, blank there. We get the cycle of prayer, we're calling it. We put these ideas together, and we have what may be called a cycle of prayer. So prayer, it starts with God the Father. The Holy Spirit takes the prayers initiated by Him, plants them in the hearts of believers, And we respond to his prompting and pray what the Spirit gives to us. And then Jesus, who searches our hearts, discovers them, quickened in us by the Spirit, and presents them to the Father. The Father recognizes, in fact, he recognizes prayers that are brought to him by his Son. So when your prayer is in accordance with the will of God, when it's according to his purposes... He recognizes them because his son Jesus is delivering them for you. How awesome is that?
So what does prayer do? I mean, what, what good is prayer? Briefly, very briefly, prayer is for intimacy with God. And i got a bunch of stuff to talk about there. But that's the first point. Prayer is for intimacy with God. The second one is this. Prayer is about our spiritual growth. There's a lot about that to talk about, but I'm going to skip that as well. The next blank is that when we pray, God works. I want to hit this. When we pray, God works. Though God is almighty, capital A, although he is all-wise, fully able to work without us, he chooses to work through our prayer life and through and with us. The amazing thing about prayer is that God calls us into a mysterious partnership with him. Without him, we can't. And without us, he won't. There's a mysterious working relationship in prayer when believers and God, through that transaction, are in conversation with one another. When our hearts are aligning with his. What we need most for solving the problems in our world and in our hearts and in our families is not more money. It's not more education. It's not better ideas or books or strategies. Our prime need is hands lifted up in humble prayer. Because when we pray, God works. Prayer is kind of like this. Sometime back, uh, the Associated Press carried this dispatch. It said, Glasgow, Kentucky. Mr. Leslie Puckett, after struggling to start his car, he lifted the hood and he discovered that someone had stolen the motor. Friends, trying to run your Christian life without the Spirit working in you through prayer is like trying to drive a car without an engine. So let's make sure that we as the people of God, as the people called by His name, Christian, follower of Jesus, let's do what we can to be a people and a, and a congregation that is marked by a prayer life that starts with God's heart, that comes to us through the Spirit, and is recognized again by God because of Jesus' delivery of them on our behalf and on the Spirit's, uh, the Spirit through us. So I want us to just do some of that now. For us to pray together now and to take a step toward continuing the process of becoming people who are more greatly empowered by the Spirit's presence in our prayers. As a church, we need to keep the engine of our spiritual lives well-oiled by being people who have conversation with God, that our love relationship with God would be... uh, the kind of thing that continues to help us become who he made us to be. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me. 
uh, right now in your seats uh, for a few particular kinds of things. And we're going to just spend some time praying together. So uh, three main things we want to pray about. Uh, it's about hearing from God, praying with purpose, and lifting up our efforts in the second service. We're going to pray about those three things. So go ahead and bow your heads, and I'll lead us and provide some time for us together to uh, pray in our hearts as a congregation. First, Lord God, we, we want to be people whose hearts are open to what you are speaking. We want to be people, Lord, who are listening attentively to your voice. And that our love relationship with you through the Spirit will be developed as we hear from you. Lord, we also ask that you would make of us people whose hearts beat with the things that burden you. That your thoughts and your purposes would be our thoughts and our purposes. That we would be a congregation marked by prayer that comes from your initiation. And from you first, Lord, that we would pray with purpose. body of believers, we lift up our efforts, not just about this second service launch, but about what you're doing among us as a congregation, that we would be people who are unified toward your goals, and that you would bless our efforts, Lord, acknowledging that we don't do anything perfectly and uh, our work of ministry comes from a whole host of different places that are not that are not always from you but Lord we want to do that in a way that manifests your work and your power and your glory so Lord we ask for your blessing on this launch that we would be people who volunteer and who invite and who pray so, Lord, right now we just ask for your blessing on this second service launch.
is open. And this is our formal invitation. Lord, I need you.